this week's episode, I'm delighted to be joined by Jordan Wilson, founder and owner of Stigma, the unapologetically different and diverse driven fashion brand, a brand that encourages the freedom to be yourself. Jordan is an outstanding public speaker and passionate and highly knowledgeable mental health advocate. He was a Young Entrepreneur of the Year Award finalist at the Great British Entrepreneur Awards 2021. Jordan, mate, absolutely honoured and thrilled to have you on the Purpose Led Leadership podcast. I've watched your uh, content with great interest and admiration, actually. Really keen to get to know you a bit more, and I'm sure the audience is as well. So like I asked all my guests, firstly, thank you for coming on. Secondly, we'd love you to kind of delve as deep as you can, as far back as you can in in terms of your journey. So talk to us about kind of your school days from there, all the way up to what what you're doing now, if that's right. Yeah, no problem. Um, Thank you for having me. Um, so when talk about my school days, Jesus, I was um, it was it was not one for school. Even talking back to my primary school days, um, I was always a uh, must try harder kid. Really, um, I was always my, my first true love in life was football. I fell in love with football, and um, I was absolutely football mad. And my teacher always used to say to me, to my mum. If he knew as much about football as he did maths, so if he knew as much about maths as he did football, he'd be top at class. But he doesn't, and he isn't. Yeah. Um, and that, that was kind of a pattern that that set its way for me in life. I was always sat in class, looking out, um, looking out, and, and uh, you know, wanting to play football or be out on, on grass playing. You know, I'm gonna kick about my mates and stuff. Um, and that's you know I was never interested at I was never interested at, at school at all. It just did not float my boat. Um, I, even going older, you know, I used to I used to dread every parents' evening because I know you used to just get a, a bad report, and it was uh, always a, a night that I'd come home and I'd get a bollocking, you know, and mm. uh, and that and that were it. So um, me and school just didn't disagree. Funnily enough, when I look back now. The amount of people that said to me, "You'll miss it one day," and I used to go, "No," and I'm sorry now, and I can say that I miss it, and I wish I could go back, and I wish I could, I wish I could have my chance again, and if I, if I could do that, I would, you know, without yeah. a shadow now, um, you know, has it been zero responsibilities as a child, and if I, I wish I knew what I knew now, and I could go back and do it all again, and it's probably one of mm. my biggest regrets is that I didn't try harder at school. Wow. I mean, that's, it's a question I normally ask my guests about having any regrets, but let, let, let's kind of delve into that because uh, it's unusual for people to say that and say that they wish they could sort of turn the clock back and do things. Why, why is that? What, and have you sort of carried that as a burden and a resentment then, have you? Or? Um, so one of the biggest things that happened, one of the biggest things that happened to me whilst I was at school was my, my parents got divorced when I was 10. Um, and it was going to that stage where I was I was just leaving primary school and going to high school, and it my personal life got quite frustrating to me at the time, and there was a lot of things done that obviously publicly and stuff I wouldn't like to speak around and you know personal to me that 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 happened at that time and this that and the other and. And it was a case of I took that on board at a very young age. I 
started to resent a lot of people at a very young age. Um, I had a real problem with authority at a real young age. I got um, an attitude about me, as, as many teenagers do. I just ended up hating the world at a very young age. Mm. And um, I, found that, I found that quite difficult, especially, you know, not having my dad around at the time. And really, I was screaming out for some male attention in terms of just having a male role model in my life. Um, and someone who could just take me on, you know, take me to play football at Port Duke Week, as I said, I love football and stuff, mm. or just, you know, be my mate and watch football with me at night and this, that and the other. And I, I didn't really kind of have that. And, and like I said, I wish, I wish, when you talk about regret, the one thing in my life that I struggle with and I wish I could change more than anything in the world is that I wish I could go back knowing what I know. Mm. I wish I could go back knowing that um, this kind of attitude that I had wasn't necessarily, I wouldn't say it was necessarily the wrong attitude to have, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't allow people to treat me how I was treated at a certain age. And I wouldn't allow people to do things to me that um, was mm. done at a certain age because I, ultimately I, I now know what that has led up to and how it, how my mindset is and how that affects me and how I get, you know, constantly just living this cycle of regret and fear and anxiety of, of all the stuff that, you know, that I kind of went through in my own head. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, I, I, I can feel the, the pain, actually, and I'd like to say I admire you. Uh, I know you don't just do it on this podcast, but you do it generally on LinkedIn. You're very open, very authentic, and you know, you're, you're a credit to, to, to everyone, but particularly men you know, who find it difficult to, to talk about that. And you know, your, your courage in saying so and your vulnerability is, 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 is amazing. Um, I do want to delve into that because I feel that, I feel that you know, it's actually helping me, let alone everyone else who's listening, I'm sure as well. And hopefully it helps you to talk about these kind of things. And you mentioned the regret, the resentment, all that kind of stuff. I, I want to delve into that, but is there an angle around or, or a perception or, or an opinion around actually, yes, you you regret that, but also it's made you what you are now and it's helped you build your brand and your own kind of unique personal approach to your business as well. So I always say that my, my hardest times are my biggest learning curves. Um, but I'm still going through my hardest times and I'm still learning all the time. Mm. And I would say that personally for me, especially when I've been down in the dumps and, and, and when I'm talking like suicidal, you know, 2018, I attempted to set my own life. Um, and every, I can't say that. I, I, I can't say that. I, I always learn lessons from, from what I go through. Um, yeah. without a shadow of a doubt doesn't mean I'm not going to make mistakes anymore because I'm always going to make mistakes yeah but I would say that there's there's a lot of stuff that has gone on in my life that has now affected me forever and will, mm-hmm. will, will affect me forever um, you know essentially who, who are holding my kind of my trust circle and this, that and yeah. the other. And, I'm, and I haven't, I haven't got a big circle of all the people. Um, yeah. I, honest to God, when I say this, there are probably, there's probably only 
really one person in my life that uh, yeah. two people sorry two people in my life that I really would trust with my life more than anything um, mm. and I know that they'll be there for me no matter what yeah. um, and outside of that you know I'm very I'm very standoffish with people um, I can be I, but this is obviously part of having the bipolar as well is is that some days I can be on song and I can be your best mate and I, and I can be so high and, yeah. and this that, and I can be just living life on an absolute prayer and thinking this is fantastic and then the next day I just don't want to be here um, sure. and you know and, and 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 you know you talk about do you, do you live and learn and stuff you do live and learn what I've learned is that I understand myself more Yeah, and I understand that with having bipolar sometimes when you're going through those periods of time where you don't want to be here. You mm. just have to, you have to just allow it. You know, you just have to allow it because at Definitely. the end of the day, this isn't like, you know, a, a tech medication. No, it isn't, it isn't a case of, I'm just, you know, I'm just going to get better overnight. If I send the medication, this, that and the other bipolar is a cycle of behavior. It's a cycle mm. of behavior that you go through constantly you know, you can go through weeks where you're high as a kite and then you go through weeks totally. where you just don't want to be here. And it's like I said, it's just that cycle. And and what you're saying yeah. about learning, yeah, I learn, I learn a lot about myself, but I also learn how to cope with it. And I learn that, ironically, I learn how to not cope with it, if you know what I mean. I learn how, how things can actually tip me over the edge and make me worse. Again, uh, I'm really touched by this. This this conversation is is resonating with me on a lot of levels, and the f there's loads there. But one of the points I pick up on around it never really goes away. You said that's so true, and this is why these conversations are so important to educate other people around the complexity and severity of what mental health is and mental illness is, and all that kind of stuff. And I think that you're right. <sighs> a lot of people give advice and I do the same as well but the only person that's going to help yourself is is yourself and what I mean by that you've got to do you what's right for you but I do I do concur with with what you said around you know acknowledging it embracing it almost befriending the anxiety and, and the depression and the dark thoughts because you know uh, and it's it's about managing it isn't it and heading off at the past and sometimes you get it right sometimes you get it wrong but yeah and um, you know like i said you're not you're not always going to get that right you're right yeah. you completely you know there are times where i just have a constant battle in my own head with mm. with what's going on you know and and, yeah. and it can be in self-destruct mode for for days no, absolutely so going going back to if i may um you said at a very young age you said between primary and secondary so I'm, I'm assuming 10 11 12 13 i might be wrong where your parents got divorced and you and you touched on the fact that it was a kind of public and personal thing would you mind delving into that because there's two reasons for that a a because i think it's important but b my view is sometimes it's the event itself is bad enough but the aftermath is underestimated and that's where it can creep up on you in terms of mental health. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Um, so, so one of the main things was, um, as in many, many divorces, things can get quite hostile. Um, and it got, it got very hostile. And one of the worst things that I still deal with now is that um, I was put between two families to my dad's family my mum's family and um it got very it got very hostile and it ended up being where there was many people on one side of the family would would 
would score me a lot by saying a lot of things about people on the other side of the family mm. and would make me choose about who who I was to like and who I wasn't to like and who I was to associate with and who I shouldn't associate with. Yeah. And then when I would see the other side of the family, they would do the same. Okay, so then they would go, he's this, she's this, he's that, she's that, whatever, mm. not a nice person, they're not a nice person. Then I would go over to that person and go, yeah, but they're this and they're that and they're this and blah, 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 blah. So, yeah. so then I, I'm there as an 11-year-old child going, well, I shouldn't like you because such and such a body told me that I shouldn't like you and I shouldn't like you because such and such a body told me that I shouldn't like you and you're this and you're that and I shouldn't trust you and you're a witch and you're this and, blah, 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 and, you know, and all those sort of stuff. And then what's happened is, as I've got older, I now have no relationship with any of my family whatsoever because the, f the fact is, is that from being a child, all that ever happened was I got told that they were bad people. Yeah. So therefore, I never, I, never bought, I never built a relationship. So therefore, I've turned 18 and I've no, I've no uncle who's the best mate. I've no cousin who's this. I've no that. I've no this, that and the other. Yeah. So I've become 18 and I'm, and I'm very alone in life. And, and I don't really have that family member who is my rock or this, that, and the other. I mean, my grandma, my, sorry, that's a complete and utter lie. My grandma is amazing. My grandma's right. always been, but, um, yeah. but so, so what's happened is, is that I've had to choose between so many people in my childhood that I've never been able to build up a relationship. And then when, even if I have tried to build a relationship with them, even as an adult, it's happened. Why, why are you being friends with him now? Why are you doing yeah. this? Why are you doing that? You know? And, and and then it's you know I drop people, I drop people because it's like yeah. it's, I shouldn't be friends with them. I got told I should not be friends with them. Yeah. Um. And one of my family's biggest problems is that they say to me all the time, "Why do you constantly bring up the past? Why do you constantly, you know, this yeah. is the the biggest gripe with me is why why can't you just forget?" Why can't you just move on and forget and, and just, you know, it was a long time ago, all of that. It's all this stuff. And, and, and that is what I get, you know, prime example, my dad's not spoke to me for nine months. And when I speak to my grandma, she said to me, he don't want to speak to you because he knows that you're just going to bring up the past. Mm. And, and I go, because I can't forget about the past. And he, and, and he, and he, and we go, but it was a long time ago. And this, and when I go, it might've been a long time ago, but those things that happened a long time ago are causing me a hell of a lot of issues in my head still. Mate, I, I find it remarkable that you're actually standing and breathing here today. And what you've achieved is, is phenomenal. Um, there's, again, there's so much there. I mean, I, I was an abandoned child when I was two. I, I know what it's like to have kind of absent parents. You know, your father was there, but he might as well not have been. And, that's, and that can actually be worse. And, and, I, and I think that the whole kind of um, bargaining of your, of your kind of opinion and your bias between your parents, I mean, the psychological damage that can do to anybody is just phenomenal. And then for them to expect you to just brush that under the carpet like you've got that they've got some sort of selective memory i mean i mean i mean i have to say that they've got a lot to be answer answer for but unfortunately that that has been society around the lack of education around quality parenting and um you know i think and the thing is is, is that i've always been i'll be totally honest with you chris i've never ever come on to a podcast and, and said what i've just said ever because I've always protected my family because it's what I do. Something struck in me today that has wanted me to talk about it. I don't know. 
maybe I'm a bit frustrated about it all. I'm a bit pissed no, about it. I, I, I appreciate you doing it, mate. And um, just to interrupt you slightly, my, my view around um, those who say, stop dragging up the past, don't talk about it. I mean, there's always two schools of thought. There's the people that say that, or there's the people actually that, that say, actually, no, the only way to move forward is that you've got to process that stuff. You, you can't just, you can't just bury that stuff. You have to talk about it. You have to get it out so you can move forward. So, mate, I admire you for that. And sorry, I interrupted you there. No, no, it's cool. It's cool. I mean, the, I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, I know that um, my parents were going through their own issues at this point in life. And unfortunately, um, you know, thing, things do happen and, and, and people do get hurt by stuff. And, mm. you know, I always remember one of the biggest things for me was, um, like I said, I wanted, I wanted my dad so much. Like, it, it, yeah, I really just want my dad so much. And yeah. this, that, and it, um, I remember it being put to me as as a 12-year-old child. Say the word, say the word and your dad will be back. But just know it's not what I want. Wow, and, and I'll never forget that because because it put me in a position where an adult put the fate of a family in in someone's hands. Do you know what I mean? And it was like, and and I knew what one side of the family wanted, and I know what another side of the family wanted, and and at the same time, and and it was a case of you know, I remember like having to you know like. I would get put in a position where my dad wasn't allowed in my house. Yeah. And um, it, like, it dropped me off at a weekend and stuff. And um, I'd get told before I went to my dad's, he's not allowed in this house. He does not come in this house whatsoever, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then next thing you know, he's dropping us off at weekend. He's about to enter the door. And then like 12, 13, I'm going, dad, you're not allowed in the house. And it's like, what do you mean I'm not allowed in the house? This, that, and the other day. And, and I would get it. Yeah. Just by just by relaying a message of the fact that I was told that he wasn't allowed in the house, do you know? Um, and then it's, you know, you, you, you're being screamed and bawled and shouted at because, the, you know, you don't want to upset one parent and then you, you're offending another parent, you know? And mm. it was, it was just, it's just, it, through my whole adult life, it's just put me in a position where I just don't trust people and no. I'm just engaging around people. That's not, that's not surprising. I mean, um, you talked about it to me, but have you talked about it to anyone else? Have you had counselling or therapy? Or Yeah, so um, so I, I've been to CBT therapy. Um, I also went on um, like a two-week intensive. It was a acute therapy services where you actually went to, um, you went to, a, to a hospital every day for two weeks. Um, mm. And we spoke around that and one of the biggest things for me is that I can, I can't, one of the hardest things for me is I can't win. I can't win from it all because at the end of the day, if I, if I, if I kind of think, move on and, and forget about everything that happened in the past, then I'm kind of dropping a lot of morals at, you yeah. know, I've now learned from my mistakes and stuff, mm. and then I become vulnerable again because mm. I, you know, I feel like, I, and then my anxiety becomes high because I become vulnerable because I'm allowing people to trust. I'm trusting people, and people are coming back in my life, and this that, and the other. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's hard and it's lonely. You know, it's it's a really lonely place, um, especially knowing that you know you've got family out there and 
and you can't have a relationship with them. So I think I think it's difficult, and I think it's a process, mate. I mean, I'm 44 years old now, for mm. fuck's sake, you know. And it, it only took, when I was 41, 42, I only started really kind of comprehending and dealing with with my own mental health issues. And it, what I'm trying to say is, it is a process. I don't I don't think it's about winning or losing. I think it's about but if you want to put it like that, I think you are already winning with what you're doing with your business and, and the message and, and, and the purpose of what you're doing in terms of, um, I think you describe as weirdos and misfits and just that acceptance around that person of being being yourself. But I, I feel that you're still, how old are you? I'm 20, 29 January, so 28. Mate, you're still very, very young. And I, and I feel that you, you, you've already won with what you're doing. But my, my, my view is that, it's about you now. It's about self-care. And you, you've put others first. You've you, you effectively been a parent of your parents. Um, so I think, I think what, you've, what you're doing very well is you're, you're, you're utilizing your adversity to help others. And that can be your strength. That can be your courage. And actually, vulnerability is an absolute strength. It's not a weakness. And it takes time. Don't force it. That's, that's the only kind of advice I'd say. And you've got to go with the flow. You've got to do what's, what, what's right for you. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I mean, like, I know that, you know, I spoke to someone only a couple of weeks ago and, um, you know, they spoke to me around actually growing up in care and, and things happened to them. And she, she told me that, you know, it was only around the age of 50 that she started actually dealing with stuff mm. um, up until then, you know. So I, I ultimately realised that I'm very young and I've got a lot to learn. Um, and, I, and, I, you know, I, I'm... I'm probably in acceptance that I've got a lot to learn. Um, I'm just, I'm at times I get, I'm very tired, you know, yeah, and of I get very, very, very tired from it all. And it's I'm just surprised. a constant, constant battle in my own head and uh, amongst other things. And, you know, ultimately we, we, we go through things where I've done things in my life that I'm not proud of, mm. you know, really mm. big, you know, I think, you know, I've taken drugs, I've, I've had a bit of a, a gambling addiction, I'm on a gambling ban list, you know, um, I got involved with people that I shouldn't have been involved with, you know, I, I got brought into, just because there were times in my life where I felt like I wanted to fit in, or it was like peer pressure, or this, that, and the other, and, mm. you know, and when you think about regrets and stuff you know i have regrets around stuff like that and i think i i wish i could take all that back and i wish i could change it all but at the same time if i if i didn't do any of that i wouldn't be in the right. position i'm now i think that's right and all i'll say to you mate is i do think it's a process I, i've had similar addictions i've made similar huge mistakes that i that I, I don't mind admitting and i think that you know, you can beat yourself up for so long, but everyone makes mistakes and it makes you a human being. And it's, it's about, you can't actually change the past and you know that, but you can't, you can affect the future. And I think, you know, when you get to a point of forgiveness in yourself, you can start forgiving other people as well. I think that's really important. Um, but it feels almost like you're trying to forgive other people before yourself. And I would look at that if I was you, mate, and say, look, hang on a second. You've made some decisions and choices under severe adversity and duress and as i said to you you know the fact that you're doing what you're doing you know you should you've got to give yourself a huge pat on the back i would not be as critical it's easy to say that but that's what happened i am i am my, I'm, I'm, i am honestly yeah. i'm my i'm the, my, my biggest critic yeah like, my, my missus says to me all the time like you just don't give yourself any let up at all you don't give yourself any credit whatsoever yeah and i say and and really when i think about it you know going back to my school days 
that's probably why because I was never yeah. given you know I was exactly. never given any praise at school. So therefore, the only way to to keep on going is to keep beasting myself and keep you know and this that and the other. But I know ne- not, that's not necessary. There will be people listening going, "That's no way to live," you know, and this that and the other. And I completely yeah. understand that that's no way to live. What I will say is that everybody everybody goes through their own things. Everybody deals with things differently, and you know I yeah. deal with mine, I deal with them, and. I do what I got to do, and I'm not saying I'm perfect, but I just, you know, I do what I can. Mate, nobody is. It's not your fault, and there'll come a point in time when you'll be able to address and face your your father, even if it's in in, in subconsciously or through meditation or whatever it might be, where you'll be able to understand what happened and move on. And that that's just the process. And I feel that I feel that you know you're already streets ahead of so many other people who have very similar mental health problems that um, find it very difficult to share. I mean. At what point in your life did you feel that you you, you kind of wanted to uh, make a difference and do what you're doing? Because all that all that trauma, all that adversity, man, I can feel it, man. I can feel it through the through the screen. But you've all of a sudden become this kind of massive influence. If you want, um, and you know, you got your, your your brand. Was there a kind of turning point where you thought, "Fuck this! I'm I'm, I'm going to do something that's going to going to make an impact." Um. I, t- I talked very openly. I, I put some pretty horrific posts on social media from when I was struggling. You know, I talked about wanting to kill myself all the time. I mm. talked about I, the whole process. I I spoke about it all. And um, the reason why I did that was because I was crying out for help. Yeah. You know, you know, you know when people go... Um, and and then this is a very stigmatised way of looking at things but people go you're just doing it for attention or this that and the other you know I would say in my circumstance I can only talk about my circumstance 100% you was right I was doing it for attention but for the fact that I wanted I needed help like I needed someone to save me so it was it was you know you're saying for attention and stuff and I was like yeah but honestly I'm saying this because I I need the attention of someone I need someone to come and help me or try and help me and and I used to talk about how I hated myself and I'd write these paragraphs and paragraphs Mm. I've got them saved on my phone still to this day and about how I hated myself and how I didn't want to live anymore and how I didn't want to be here and how I was a failure and how I'd never amounted to anything and this that and the other and the the disgust and self-hatred that I, I built up inside for myself was pretty tremendous and then as as time went on you know Pete, I remember, I remember one, one, someone once saying to me um, you're not going to believe what I'm about to tell you and and I couldn't completely understand why you're not going to believe why I'm about to tell you in five years what you're going through now won't matter mm. and, and I thought and I thought at the time, like, shut up, you don't, you don't know nothing, like, I'm not even going to be here in five years, you know, this, that, and the other, and all yeah. sorts of stuff. None of that matters, mm. you know, and, and what, I, what I go through now is a very, very different, very different, at that point in my mm. life, I was very suicidal. Yeah, I wanted. I what I didn't want to be here. I built up a lot of self hatred around myself. I, I just wanted to harm myself. I wanted to do this. I wanted to. I hated myself for passion. Yeah. Now it is. I don't hate myself. Mm. I don't. I don't necessarily like who I can be at times and my personality mm. in terms of the bipolar and how that changes me. 
but I don't I don't want to end my life. I don't want to this that and you. Um, I don't want to harm myself. I don't want to. You know, yeah. There are times. Yeah. Where, don't get me wrong. There are times in my head where I think I don't want to be here anymore. Um, and I'll ne- I'll never lose those thoughts. The thing is, is those thoughts for me cannot be cured because the the process is with bipolar is that you're always going to go through mood swings that that drop you that low. Yeah. That, you know you need this. You know you've got the support around you. And you need people around you that are going to help you. Um, so I, I spoke around. I spoke about my mental health from the very start, from like the, from the start of my issues. Um, I kept him in from being a kid, and then I started. Um, you know, I, I left. I left home by the age of sixteen. I lived with about ten people by the age of eighteen, and I had about nine or ten different homes. I'd slept on people's sofas. Um, at the age of 16, like I said, I was taking cocaine for fun. Um, I started pissing my life up the wall, you know, and I got this resentment inside me to just start saying, you know, fuck you, I'm going to do what I want and this and the other. And, and I guess that's where, like, I guess really that's where my courage comes from to talk about everything because I got this resentment inside me to just get safe up the world and, you know, I'm going to crack on and do what I want. Right. Um, but don't, don't think for one second that I don't speak about my mental health. And then an hour later, I don't beat myself up around telling everybody about my vulnerabilities because I do, mm. you know, I, I, I can come out and be so, cause I can be so brutally honest about me my yeah. whole life. Other, and then an hour later I can sit there and go, oh, fucking hell, why did you tell everyone that? Yeah. Like, what, what are people going to think about you? Like, they're just going to mm. think you're an absolute nut job. Do you know what I mean? Like, and yeah, I understand. So, so, so at the same time, whereas people say to you, you know, it's very, very brave to you to do stuff like, that, you know, I fuck, I hate it at times because, and and I guess I just do it now because I do it, you know, and no yeah. explanation. It's, it's, it's that roller coaster, isn't it? You know, you, you get that devil on your shoulder kind of stuff, and it, you know, it, uh, you know, if we listen to every single thought or bleed everything, you know, that we we thought we'd be in a lot of trouble, but that's that's the problem, isn't it? Often our thoughts are indoctrinated or passed by events or history and not actually real and it's very difficult to decipher that sometimes isn't it i also feel that um you touched on kind of the the uh the loss of your father you know the, the cuddles and the mates and taking you to football and all that kind of stuff and i really felt that that kind of that sense of abandonment and you know what a lot of people do rightly so or you know or justifiably i should say one the, yes. I, must, I must say one of the one of the problems that i had was that it wasn't that my my dad didn't want to be in my life. the 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 opportunity was taken away from him to be in yeah. my life. Um, yeah, but, but then he still but then he still had a decision to make at that yeah. point, and and he never made that decision. Yeah, hold on a second. This is very interesting. You're automatically defending him now, which is fine. I'm not saying you shouldn't. But what mm. I was about to say was this wasn't about him. This was about you, mate. So what I'm trying to say was the, the loss of having him around, whether it was whoever's fault it was, mm. um, you know, led you to then, you know, yearn for a replacement. And that could be, that could be addiction, could be coke, could be gambling, all that kind of stuff. So, and that's what often happens when, when we, when we haven't got that, that emotion, that love, we try to replace it with other stuff. Does that, does that resonate with you? Oh Yeah. If it's something that you can get addicted to, I've been addicted to it. Like if you know, if whether that's be you know alcohol, drugs, smoking, you know, um, if yeah. even if it's social environments, going out and you know, or social media, 
you know, yeah, yeah. I've been addicted. I've been addicted to social media without a shadow of a doubt. You know, getting yeah. those, um, getting those kind of hits of, of endorphin that we go through when you get a like or a share and Definitely. stuff going through a serious, pe- you know, period. That is part, part, part and parcel of having bipolar as well. You know, you, yeah, you can be very, very easily addicted to to anything. You know, you've got an yeah. addictive personality. Um, so do I always look for something to heal me or replace or give me a buzz for five, ten minutes. Mm. Yeah. All the mm. time. All mm. the time. I want to talk about that a bit bit more. Um kind of the loss of your father being around and your mother to an extent and being pulled from pillar to post and you know trying to almost like play judge and jury about who's the better parent. Absolutely ridiculous. But you mentioned that it kind of affected your trust and rightly so in terms of the friends and all that kind of stuff and keeping yourself very kind of to yourself but what you mentioned your missus or you, i don't know if it's your wife or your girlfriend but how 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 has all of this affected your relationships kind of romantically and with, with your partner at the moment um so i had an ex-partner who was with for about five years and um, and um she pulled me out of um a really dark place in my life um and i'll ever be grateful for that yeah. Um, to the end of our relationship, I completely went off the rails big time. Uh, I was heavily taking drugs. I was getting in, in debt with money with people. Um, I completely pushed her away and a shit on her from a great height and something I'm not proud of, you know. Um, and then was it was a, a real big reality check for me because it was like this this girl's probably kept you going for the last five years and now you're not with her anymore and life's going to hit you hard because you've not got that one person in your life again who who's been you you know who and, and i'll say it like not and never physically but like a punch bag but like a verbal punch bag you know like or someone to just you know get your frustrations out on or this that and the other and you know, and then growing up being what this time in my life, you know, 20, 21, 22, 23, whatever, um, that hit me big time because it was like, and then a realisation of what a fucking idiot you've been, you know, mm. you've had this person in your life who, who really did, you know, change a lot of things for you and you still reverted back to that behavior that you did when you were 16 17 18 because of the fact that you was you were crying out for something or was yeah. missing something and again i just in that that point in my life you know i was missing something and yes you know and i'm still missing that to this day I, I deal with it a lot better um nowadays but i'm still there's still something i can feel like i've got a great big hole inside of me and i just can't fill it Wow, wow! Mm. That that really that's a really heartfelt um, description there. A really vivid one as well. Um, touching on some of the stuff you said around repetitive cycles. You know, you have good days, bad days, or you might have a good period, and then you know, pretty much verbatim, the same pattern of anxiety will come around. You've also said that sometimes you feel you don't want to be here. You try to end your life back in 2018 all very recent and, and stuff can you can you give us a lens as to how you how you manage and cope with those emotions and feelings and thoughts day by day there's no other way of doing it for me i can't 
you know, people, even in business, we talk business for a second, you know, people go, have you made a plan? Where do you want to be in five years? Where do you want to do this? Da, 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 da. Can't do any of that. I have to take it day by day. The first hour of my day determines who I'm going to be. Mm -hmm. I'm either going to wake up and I'm going to be in, in a great mood and I'm, I'm going to take on the world or I'm going to wake up and I'm just going to go, no, I'm going back to bed and that's it. I'm just going to shut right. the world out today and I'll spend all day in, in bed. I have to take every single day as it comes. I'm, I'm so bad for making plans with. I'm bad for letting people down. Mm -hmm. um, but it's how I deal with stuff sure. because it's the only way I can because I do not know who i'm going to wake up to be yes. tomorrow yes no that's that self-awareness is 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 incredible around the whole bipolar thing and you're, you're right you know you, there's no point in, in the situation that you're in you can make the best laid plans and then wake up the next day and think fuck this i'm not going to do that so you know so and you, you're aware of that which is good moving forward i mean you kind of reached a point i think 22 23 you talked about your ex-partner and you know that whole episode talk talk us through from there onwards and you know we haven't even talked about your business yet but the, kind of the last sort of six seven eight years of your life let's go with that now um i um trained to be a barber uh which was one of the best things i've ever done and, and i still to this day even though i don't actively practice it anymore um it's still something that i would go back to tomorrow if if uh, if i needed to fall back on it and um, being a barber was great because um there was not a day when i was a barber i didn't want to turn up Mm -hmm. There wasn't a day because um, I got that social interaction with people. I got to chat to people on the daily. It was ne the the day was never the same for me. Every single day was different. Even though you were doing the same repetitive job over and over and over again, yeah. The people who walked through your door was a different person. You had a different conversation. You spoke. You, you mm. kept up at times with, um, you know, news that was going on or sports that was going on or whatever. Or and yeah. the amount of people that would open up to you in a barber chair, and you were like a modern day psychiatrist as such because people would sit there while you're cutting their hair and and yeah. pour the heart out and some days you're going to work and somebody would tell you that they're getting married and you'd be buzzing for them and mm. some days you're going to work and someone would tell you that the missus has had a miscarriage and you'd be devastated for them you know and and you again a lot of people and a lot of males out there will go and get the haircut from a barber or whatever and stuff and you'd be amazed at what people will tell you you know it's like it's like for, for a lot of people um, if I'm going to trust you to make me look how I want to look, yeah, then yeah. I'm going to trust. I'm going to trust you with yeah. everything that I've got to say as well. Um, and it'd be amazing. So that was pretty cool. Um, the whole COVID thing ruined all that for me. Um, right. right. I become so so unsociable over the last eighteen months, um, to the point where I've gone months without leaving my house. Um, but you know. Only this weekend, past weekend gone, we, um, on the Saturday, I went for a drink with my missus. Mm. On the Sunday, we went for a nice long walk. Uh, sorry, on the Sunday, we went to, um, like, a local, um, like, a field day type thing of a yeah. little village. Yeah. Um, and then on the Monday, we went for a nice long walk at a park near us. And she turned around to me and she went, do you know how long it's been since we've done something three days in a row? And I said, you know, and she went, she said to me, I'm really proud of you. And I said, I'm trying. And she went, I know. Wow. But like, for, on, for prime example, on Saturday night, we went to the pub. Um, 
and we, we brought the dog up to the pub, we sat in the back, we had a pint, I lasted about 25 minutes and I said I need to go home yeah. and she was like, that's fine, we'll go, you know, um, but like I said, I was sat in the beer garden in this pub and I was like, my social anxiety, mm. I, I was riddled with it, you know, I was shaking in my boots and I was like, I've got to go home, you know, and, and that was yeah. fine, but I did it and I come home and I felt, I felt a real sense of achievement and, and I'm kind of getting into my stride this week of like, sometimes I'm just going to have to face some of these fears head on. Mm. Isn't it a paradox where, you know, you've built this business, you're, you're, you're powerful on LinkedIn, you know, it takes a certain amount of confidence and character um, belief in yourself to do that on one hand and on the other hand you might be with the closest friend of yours family sitting around a dinner table and shitting yourself with social anxiety what, what yeah. would you say to that uh, i say to somebody if you put me in a room full of ten thousand people um and you ask me to do a talk about mental health and this that and the other fine not a problem mm. smash it no problem whatsoever not a single bit of anxiety in my body right if you put me in a room with five people who knew me since i was a little boy can't do it can't mate, do it mate i'm the same you know even up until recently i have dinner parties with my closest people and i just i literally can't look you know i can't deal with it and it's mm. it's it's a it's a it's a strange old thing that isn't it and you know we, we, you try to analyze it i mean what, what's your take on i've got my thoughts but what's your take on any kind of reasoning behind that what do you reckon i think these people know exactly who i've been and and that scares me because I don't want to be that person anymore, mm. and that that sends a lot of fear through me because I, I always think they're always going to judge me for, for being that person, mm. or they're always going to they're always going to look at me in a way. It's like ever yeah. since ever since that I I started talking about wanting to end my own life, my my family have not been the same with me. Like really, they just don't look they don't look at me the same. They don't speak to me. I mean, wow. I went through a period when I was a teenager where my dad was my idol. Like I, I just idolised him because I yeah. it wasn't because he couldn't be around. And he was my best mate, and I used to say to him, "My best mate, you know," and stuff like that. And he used to go, "Yeah, you're best, my best mate," and stuff. Even though realistically, I saw him once a week, and you know, we weren't best mates. But this is what I used to say to him, and mm. I know that now, like ever since that started happening, like I remember when I. Um, the paramedics come out to my house and done something daft and um you know i told my brother my brother relayed it to my family and over the next few days i had text messages from you know a lot of my family but not from my dad and wow and i ended up ringing my dad after about five days and i just said to him are you all right dad and he went am i all right what do you <laughs> think do you think i'm gonna be all right something like that yeah and um and that, that hurts me a lot because it, cause the thing is, it hurts me a lot because I just want my dad to be my best mate and I just want my dad to just turn around and go, no matter what, son, I'm going to back you in life because you're my son and, and, and this is what I want for you. And if you want to do it, then I'm going to yeah. back you. And if you want to feel this way, then I'm going to back you. And if you want to feel that way, I'm going to feel that way with you. And I wish I just had that one person in my life that did that and I don't. You know, and 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 more than anything, I'd love that to be my dad, but it's not. Mate, I'm sure the people listening to this are, you know, are, are really. Uh, well, I'm I'm captivated by this, and I'm really touched, and I feel that you can knock on someone's door so much, but at some, surely at some point you've got to you've got to 
as difficult as it is, you got to stop knocking, you know, and that person often will come knocking on your door when it's too late. And I, I mean, it's, 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 it's like I said, we, we've not, sp- we've not spoken. I haven't spoken to him for nine months now. Right. Um, and it hurts there, right? No, it stings. Yeah, it stings. Things. Um, I'd, I'd, I'd not spoken to my mum for five years. I made up with her and, and uh, about three months later, um, we'd fallen out again. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, for, and I'd, I'd not spoke to her for pretty much five going on five years um, honest to god she um, we'd we'd made up and then next thing you know we'd made up and next thing you know it's, I'm getting whispers from the other side of my family oh look at them being bosom buddies now and this that and the other and you know everything mm-hmm. just forgotten and swept under the carpet and stuff and next thing you know me and my mum had a big blow up about that actual conversation as if to say you know why are you just allowing people to say this and not just stamping it out and stuff and and then that's it not spoke to her for about four or five months now so mate i think all you can do as you are doing is 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 somehow frame this into into a way where you can use it as impetus to drive your own business and, you, and you've done that i'd like to just delve before we kind of close around all the stuff that you've been through i feel there's remnants of it within your business brand and proposition can you talk to us how about how you've related your own lived experience into kind of your your brand proposition yeah so i am um, like i said before i'm just tired i'm just fed up and tired of, of feeling this way and and i'm and i'm and and ultimately that's what i'm portraying because it's like you know what i'm fed up and tired of it i've got a hole in my life i need people around me who who know what i'm going through and this is what i'm trying to do and you know people have called me weird and people have said that i'm I'm this that and the other and called me names and stuff and you know and told me that i'm not right to ed and all sorts of stuff and now it's like right I've, i've created this clothing brand called stigma and that's what exactly what it is. It's like a, whenever you think about stigma, you think bad. You know, everyone thinks mm. bad, and I'm like, do you know mm. what? I, I want to give stigma a bit of an attitude. I want to, I want stigma to be like, do you know what? This is who I am. This is what I've been through. This is what I admit to being. I'm not sat here now, and I'm not I'm not denying that I've made my own faults, and I'm not denying, and you know, I'm self aware of all of that. That I haven't been the best of people in the world, but this is who I am, and I go through some some horrible shit in my head. And and I want stigma to have this attitude, and I want people around me who who want to be part of something and go, yeah, no, we're going to change stigma from this this bad word to being a bad word, but have a bad attitude about it because it is like, yeah. you know what, we can turn it into something quite fun, and that's what I want to do. Mate, I mean, uh, this is one of the most powerful conversations I've had. I mean, the, the courage and the bravery, and I, I know you think these words are just, they don't mean anything, but mate, you, you, what you're doing is, is is an inspiration, mate, and you, you've touched me, and I'm sure you're going to touch many people with this. Um, so your business, how, how, how long has it been going? What's the plan for it? What's, what's the future looking like for you, mate? So, um, Stigma's been going nine months today. It's the first of September, so nine months today. Um, it's been a hell of a journey god it's been one of the hardest things i've ever done it yeah. is not per- it's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination yeah. it is um it's a challenge every single day not knowing where your next you know your next paycheck's going to come from or whatever yeah. and this and the other mm. and, and, and anybody who has their own business will understand that is regards to anything I think yeah. the hardest the hardest thing for me has been for the last nine months has not been a day where I've not spoken about mental health mm-hmm. and and that is fucking draining. 
especially when you deal with your own mental you know what I mean like it's and ultimately I know that I am my biggest enemy in terms of what stands in the way of what stigma becomes because I do not know if I can sit here for another nine months Mm. and constantly talk about mental health because I deal with my own issues yeah and, and you know, there will come a point where I'll end up hating it, you know, because yeah. I'll, I'll either end up hating it or I'll find some kind of courage inside me to just keep going with it or whatever. Um, so what I'm saying is, is that when it's a challenge for me, it can become 10 times a challenge to actually deal with what I talk about as well. You know, he's, he's talking about people go, you should be really passionate about something that you, you work around that you should be involved in. And I am passionate around it. Yeah. But talking about it every single day as well is draining. Um, so what, one of the, the best things about that is, uh, is in recent times is that people have done the talking for me. Like I still come out and talk and I, I posted something on LinkedIn this morning around how the fact is I think for the last two weeks, I've tried not to talk about mental health once, you know, it's been very business orientated on my post, but I'm trying to give myself that time off and let other people do the talking for stigma. And ultimately that is the support that I need around me from my my Mm. customers as such. Um, And that's what I get because people do do that. And that's pretty amazing when you go, you sit back and you're tagged in, five or six posts a day of people going, look at this, what I got from stigma and stigma's this and stigma's that. And sometimes I, I so appreciate people doing that for me because it just gives me time off to just go, I need to recuperate from this a little bit. Um, and who knows what stigma will become right now. Yeah. It is my business. I'm not saying that it, it will be forever or it might not be forever or whatever. I don't know what this is going to become. At the end of the day, I'm just winging it. And you've seen the T-shirt that I just brought out and I'm going to do it. And, you know, Ugh. I'm going to do a plug. Um, so we just brought a T-shirt out. So we bring slogan T-shirts out and we obviously we just brought one out that says winging it on it because that's exactly yeah. what I'm doing. You know, I've ju- I told you earlier on in this podcast, I have to take it day by day, so I wing it every single day, mate. I don't think you're winning it. I think I think you're 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 an extremely intelligent person, and to build your business the way you have and how you have is just it's just phenomenal. I'll certainly be buying loads of loads of your clobber. I know a lot of my friends on LinkedIn uh, are, are the same as well. So, um, kind of, kind of in closing, um, and I know we touched on you know giving too much advice for mental health can be tricky ground but i still feel there's a duty of care we both got a duty of care in this space around mental health to to to, to give give us an examples at least of our of our lived experiences and how we deal with it what general advice or tips would you give to anyone suffering any form of mental mental health um well last year unfortunately i lost a um an old school friend of mine to depression and I'd not seen this person in in quite a while, which made me feel guilty. Um, the one thing that I think about more than anything to this day, and and she has a big part to play in why I started stigma, mm-hmm. because it really brought me down to the point where I was like, I've got to I've got to start helping people. I've got to start doing something about this. The one thing that I wish more than anything is that she spoke to me or I spoke to her and, and I know that a lot of people will feel that way and and, and, and being quite frank she had no right to speak to me because she'd not she'd not spoke to me in a long time or I'd not spoke to, not that we'd fallen out there was no there was yeah. no divide I, as you get older you know you you just 
grow apart from people or anything like that. So it was, but it was like, I sat there for days and then crying and just thinking, I wish I knew. I just wish I knew. Yeah, exactly. I wish I knew. And, and, and I, one thing I will say to anybody is, if you put yourself in that predicament, I just thought about, there'll be somebody there going, I wish I knew. I wish I knew. So therefore, the one mm. thing that I will say to somebody is, let someone know. Yes. You know, let someone know because then somebody has a choice to make if they, you know, you know, not ultimately yeah. I always say to people, nobody can take your pain away. That's your no. pain. No. Nobody can click the fingers and, and make everything magically disappear because they can't. It's not, it's not a magic no, no. trick. They can't do that. You know, but if someone knows, yes, you can, you can just, there's just something that might be able to be done in terms of it might be something that works for you it might be a person just talking to you it might be somebody who takes you out for a drink or you might yeah. take you out whatever but if somebody knows yes. then someone else can know and it's, you don't have to feel alone you don't have to feel on your own totally um, and, I, and I'll never forget I'll never forget a quote that somebody said to me when I was at my worst mm-hmm. and that was Today you might not be feeling the best, but that's okay because today you just need to, you just need a day because tomorrow's another day. And I always used to sit and I used to think, today I'm just having a day. And I always remember used to seeing this guy who told me this, and he go, "How are you?" And I go, "Shit." And he go, mm. "Just having a day. It just is. having a day." You know, and and like I have said to to many people, you know, I'm sat here now, I'm meant to have my shit together, I've got a business, I've got this, I've got that, I've got people like you giving me nice compliments saying, you know, you're articulate, you're this, you're that, and the other, you've got your head screwed on and stuff like that. I'm telling to anybody who's listening right now, I have not got my shit together, I am not doing that, I am not doing this. I admittedly openly before Mm. on this podcast that I take things day by day. Yeah. Social media does not portray what you believe it portrays. Totally you right. Know, there are people out there who are struggling every single day. Absolutely. I struggle every single day of my life. I struggle, but I still manage to find a way to, to deal with that and get on with my life. And all I want to do is, or say to people or show to people is that you too can struggle every single day of your life, but still achieve something with your life, you know, and you don't have to feel that way all the time because there are other people feeling like that too. Mate, I think that's a very poignant way to end the show. Um, absolutely phenomenal, mate. Thank you so much for everything you've said, your openness, your candidness, your vulnerability. Um, delighted to have you on board. And um, yeah, um, hopefully we can become friends, mate, because, you know, I really admire you. Thank you so much. The Purpose Led Leadership Podcast is sponsored by Cherry. Vincherry are all-in-one CRM and ATS platform, purpose-built for recruitment staffing agencies. I chose to partner with Vincherry because honestly, I'm a customer. They keep me competitive, plug into my calendar and email, and make the whole admin part of my job as a recruiter a hell of a lot easier. The purpose and leadership podcast list get 25% off Vincherry's onboarding. So if you're looking for a recruitment CRM to accelerate your growth, check them out at vincherry.io forward slash Chris O'Connell.